Welcome back to the Inside View Real Estate Podcast, guys. Today, we're gonna to talk a very hot topic and we're gonna talk about stocks versus real estate. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, I'm Josh Zuniga, co-founder of the Inside View Real Estate Podcast, where we give you bite-sized pieces of information and give you an inside look on all the major topics, whether you're investor, buyer, seller, or flipper. Stay tuned. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I am your host, Josh Zuniga. This is the Inside View Real Estate Podcast. I am with the stately and stupendous God, just good at that. There we go. Stupendous, right? Carl Freund. And today we're going to talk about a very, very hot topic. We're going to talk about stocks versus real estate, right? Everybody wants to know about that. Obviously, we know that, you know, a lot of wealth has been built, has been built within the stock market. You know, tons, tons billions, right? tons, trillions, billions, trillions, yeah. everything. But also we all know that real estate has a huge mark and is a huge sliver of that as far as anybody's investment portfolio, correct? Well, yeah, I think, you know, real estate should be... I'm kind of biased. Yeah. Full disclosure. He, lo he loves both. He loves full, both. Yeah, full disclosure. I used to be a financial advisor. I used, to, you know, work for financial firms. Um, in you know, looking at both sides of the spectrum, I think I'm kind of that independent, neutral third party, where I can honestly, you know, give you a good opinion. This is good. Let's let's hear it. There's advantages and disadvantages to both. Obviously, I think you should be equally diversified. Meaning that you know, in, in if anything, leaning a little bit more towards real estate. And you had brought up a good point uh, during the break where we had talked about leverage. Yeah. And I think that's the big differentiator if you're not sitting on a shitload of cash, yeah. right? So one of those situations where you have to put your cash to work, maybe that's best in the stock market, but where you can put your credit to work, and your credit is one of your most valuable assets. Where you can start to put your credit to work is in real estate, because leverage is one of the most fundamental things that you need to understand about financial health. If you leverage up, which you can do very drastically in real estate, like yeah. you can put 5% down, 3.5% down. So one of the examples that you gave was like, hey, if I put 10 grand down on a property, you know, that's 400,000, which is 5%, is that right, 5%? No, yeah. 10. Yeah. Um, you know, then you're looking at a massive leverage, massive leverage. Yeah. You can't do that in the stock market. You can't buy, you know, for 10 grand, um, you know, $200,000 worth of assets, and it can happen. But you can do it in real estate. So for 10 grand, you go out and put 5% down on a $200,000 property. That's a huge leverage, it's 20 to one, right? When you understand that, and understand the tax benefits of buying real estate, then you understand why if you have good credit and you have not a shitload of cash, that's probably the better investment. So you're gonna take 10 grand down, put it on, buy $200,000 worth of assets, which pays you monthly, by the way. Yes. Most stocks don't pay you monthly. They might give you quarterly dividends or annual dividends, and that's fine, you know, but usually they just get reinvested. We're talking about an asset that will pay you a percentage based on the 200,000, not the 10,000. That's big. So in an ideal world, what you do is buy a, a piece of property, and I, I would suggest against condos because of the HOA fees, buy a, a shitty single family house, and they tend to have the best returns, right? Buy a, a single family house for $200,000 if you got 10 grand in the bank and live in it for a year or two years. Then at some point where you save up enough money down for the next house, turn that house into an investment property. You had mentioned that earlier, yeah. right? Very smart, Josh. So then what you can do is get the cash flow that would hopefully pay for the initial mortgage. You know, and maybe if you're even luckier, you can refinance that property before you turn it into investment property as a owner-occupied property. If it's built up equity, you can get rid of the mortgage insurance. 
right? Because if you put a little, just 10 grand down, they're going to charge you mortgage insurance. Yeah. If you have 20% equity in the property, you can refinance out of that mortgage insurance and then reduce your payment even more. And it all goes to principal, not going to mortgage insurance and interest, right? Yeah. So then you find a tenant that can at least cover the, you know, the payment plus the taxes plus the insurance and maybe some maintenance. Now you're cash flowing on an investment that was like 10 grand initially, right? And you're also paying off the principal balance. So people that are 25 years old that are listening to this right now, a very important concept to understand. If you own that property for 30 years, which is why they give you a 30-year mortgage, so if you buy it when you're 25, it'll be paid off when you're 55. That's important to understand. Then what happens at 55? You can take an early retirement, or 57 and a half, I think, technically. You can cash flow that and live the lifestyle that you've been used to you know, in perpetuity because you've got your, basically, cash flow coming in every single month. You know, it's writing you a check. That's a smart investment. Shit hits the fan, what can you do? Sell it. Yeah, you sell it. Yeah. You know, so if you have like a one-time expense where you're like, oh shit, you know, Tommy, uh, you know, whatever happened, you know, one of your kids, you need to bail them out, you need a hundred grand, you can tap into that equity instantaneously. Yeah. You know, it's a very, very important thing to understand. Can you do that in stocks? Sounds like Carl is more biased. Uh, he's more leveraged on the real estate side, even though he is involved look, look, in both. Look, yeah. You have to be both, right? Because if, if you have a shitload of cash, you know, you don't want to tie it up in real estate. No, you definitely Because you can leverage it. Yeah. Put your cash to market in, in t- to work in the real estate market, or I'm sorry, in the stock market. Because then you can actually, you know, get the dividends, you can grow that, you can do some interesting things with IRAs and 401ks, and you can do some things with Roth IRAs. And a lot of people don't know this, but you can put real estate in a self-directed uh, IRA. So there's some things there you need to understand. You gotta have a long-term perspective. And I think millennials don't have this correct. Yeah. You know, they're looking a year, two years, max. You need to be looking 20, 30 years in advance. Yeah, and, and guys, you know, I'm gonna give you a little bit of background on, on me a little bit more. So my family has been involved in real estate for the last 30 years. So I grew up watching my dad and my family like build portfolios, you know, whether they're doing flips or whether they're actually doing investment properties and so on and so forth. So begin in the beginning, we talked about like leverage. Leverage is like one of the biggest things that you can have in real estate. And to give you like a, an example again, so say you have $100,000, right? You can buy $100,000 worth of stock. Right? But that same 100000 if you wanted to say put 20% down on a property, can get you a $500,000 property. Right? And then say you actually have um, an appreciation of 7% on the stocks. Right? So you'll get $7,000 um, at the end seven, of the year. 7%. 7%, 7%, 7% right. you'll get 7000 at the end of the year. So if you actually do that with the $500,000 piece of property, now you're going to actually be making $35,000. Huge difference there, right? Massive difference. Massive and there's, difference. there's things you can do there on the property that you can expense out, right? So like, yes. you know, the, the property taxes are tax deductible. Yes. You know, yeah. that kind of stuff. So this is, this is why I like real estate, guys. And this is what my dad told me. Obviously, he had me read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and know like what's the difference between like assets and liabilities, all that kind of stuff, you know, at a very early age, which if you haven't read the book, I highly recommend, especially if you're new to investing, you're trying to open your horizons on things. Go do yourself a favor, read that book. It'll give you some, you know, some really good education that'll just start opening up your, um, open up your brain to a lot of different topics that you didn't know before, okay? So like you said, with, I buy a piece of real estate, right? Say it's gonna be an investment property, all right? Say my mortgage is 1,500 bucks, but within this area, I can actually rent it out for 2,000. Great, so now I'm cash flowing $500, all right? Guess who's paying that, uh, paying down my mortgage? The tenant, right? Guess who now, guess now I have um, tax advantages, you know, and depreciation, right? Exactly for that. And guess what? Now that property is appreciating over year, over year, over year. On average, before this boom that we're having, 
Arizona, historically speaking, was between 7 and 9% on average, depending on your area, but that's pretty good. You know, nationally, it was between 4 and 6. So we were still doing great here mm -hmm. within Arizona. So, and you actually have like a tangible asset. You can go look at your house. You can go see it. You can feel it. You can smell it. You have ownership of that property. Yes, you have a loan on it with the bank, but if, as, long as, you don't, as long as you're making the payments, it's still in your control, right? Yeah, and the rates are ridiculously low right now. Exactly, it's right? Free it's, it's free money, so you need to take advantage of that. Like with stocks, I don't, I'm not saying... Don't be again. Don't don't invest in stocks. I'm a big I'm in a big uh, big advocate of like diversifying your money and putting it in different in avenues and seeing which vehicle is actually going to work. And like, if you have at least four or five or maybe even seven of those, like you can pivot on each one. If one goes down, great. The other two are doing good. We're still doing well, right? Thing with stocks, you know, it's kind of like for me when I say is like you're putting money in something and you're trusting you know, the, the the company and the people that are advising it and the board and everything that's going to go well and it's going to continue to go up. With real estate, I feel like you have a little bit more control. Well, how, how would you, what would you say on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because you can do things like upgrades. Yep. You can put different tenants in there. You know, you can do things to the property and make it more marketable. You know, so you can Airbnb it. You can, you know, short-term rent it. You can long-term rent it. You can get creative with these things. There's so many options in real estate. And, God, I can't, I can't impress enough the leverage aspect of it. You know, and you nail it. And you were like, I should have brought it up earlier. You know, you got ten grand. Okay, at seven percent, it's what seven hundred bucks. Sweet, but now it's you know ten or seven percent on a two hundred thousand dollar asset is fourteen thousand dollars. That's a shitload of money. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. Yeah. And even for that, that can that can change somebody's life and yeah. change somebody's stars. But say, guess what? Say you did that every two years, right? Say you. This is like this is how we're like talking about like long term investment, 20, 30 years down the road. Mm -hmm. Like with myself, I don't plan on working in the next ten years Hopefully because not. I'm, I'm going to be smart and very disciplined with my money. By the end of this year, we should have be at least six properties under the belt, yeah. right? And they're all going to be cash flowing. I'm going to live in one of them, so five, yeah. right? And then say you say you do that every year or every two years, you get another one and another one and another one. If you're 25 listening to this podcast. There's no reason by the time you're 40, you should have 10 properties under your belt. At least. At least, At least. right? If you're smart and if you're disciplined and if you have the right people on your side to show you how to do things, hence Carl and Josh Zuniga, we can help you do these things. It's a big thing that we have, like as far as, I don't say advantage, but we know the ins and outs. We've been around the game for quite a while and we invest ourselves and we know exactly what would be the best scenario for you. But not everybody has the, the situation that's going to work for them. So we try and... Um, we try and figure out what's going to be your best path, you know, to get where you want to be in the next five years, 10 years, 20 years. Don't be worried about the short game. It's not about the short game and like trying to look good and trying to look flashy and you making all this kind of money. You need to think about your family, right? Mm -hmm. Your family is everything, right? Absolutely. And start thinking about the long-term game. Take action now. Take action. Yes. Absolute action. All righty, guys. That is what we have for stocks versus real estate. If you didn't see that, I think real estate kind of won on that battle. But oh, yeah. you know, obviously, you want to be smart. You want to diversify your portfolio. But if you have any questions about investing, please feel free to reach out to us. We have Carl. We have Josh. We're the Inside View Real Estate Podcast. And we'll see you next time. Love you.